Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are back live. Also, to your point, you got to consider uh, BBC News did a thing on Lebanon having child brides. Jordan having child brides. Turkey, which used to be your Troy in the Bible. That, they have uh, uh, a child bride. So the 12-year-old thing is not limited to just Africa, let's be clear on that. But if we're going to do what Bill Clinton wanted to do with this NAFTA, invite everybody to the country concept, I warn all of you, don't hate the immigrant. Just understand the immigrant is not necessarily changing their behavior in their country to suit America. I, so it, it, it's like, and, and, and to the other points you made about black men, Percentage-wise, you may hear about one, two, or three thousand black dudes doing something inappropriate. I give you that, but you ain't hearing a bunch of black dudes doing stuff inappropriate. And then we don't know where those black dudes are from. Just because they black, don't mean their heart is a, is American. They could be Haiti. They could be they they, they could be Legos. They could be from Akon spot. <laughs> Women gotta understand, and men gotta understand. The time now is to be strategic on how we talk, to make sure we're not doing these blanket statements. So yes, the Africans do need to correct that, but hey, our women need to have a woman conversation. Don't don't have us men get involved. Y'all have a woman conversation with those women and say, hey, hey, what are you doing about the women who are marrying young boys? What are you doing about the women who are, are, are uh, uh, supporting some guy marrying a young woman. Uh, two one three nine four three thirty three fifty eight. Two one three nine four three thirty three fifty eight. We have a robust conversation going on. Hopefully, the gentleman calls back in. I see that one 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 is on the line, so we're gonna bring her back in. One one one, you're on the line. Is this Sapphire? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's me again. So here's what I wanted to say. In all due respect. But I'm not gonna, or, or how do I say this? I'm not gonna allow anyone to coerce me into saying that in the black community in America, there's not rampant sexual molestation of children. Because, it, because there is that, right? And there's a difference between an anomaly and a situation that is ongoing and rampant. We are concerned about both. If it's an anomalous situation, very concerned about that. The rampant situation, extremely concerned about that. So I'm not going to, well, I understand this goes on all over the globe. I refuse to be quiet about the, the pedophilia that goes on in the black community in this North American container. It does happen. It happens often. The children of little girls are coerced into not speaking up about it. So you hear about it later. This is why you hear so many black women crying in, in public places when we have speaking forms talking about how they were touched and they were molested. So these, these, these creatures in the black church, 
many of them are pedophiles, right? And yes, they they molest male as well as female. But I just wanted to to say that because that that the guy that was on just now that was sounding passive aggressive to me. That that aggression was the women need to do this. The women need to do that. Here's the thing. This is a patriarchal culture, and there is the the horrid exploitation of children happening right now. Everybody needs to do something about it. Get your stick off of the black woman's head. I'm, I'm, this is what's causing the division between us. I'm so sick and tired of people trying to rape the black woman over the coals. Get over that already. We're talking about child molestation. So we need to do something about it, period. Don't tell me what I need to do as a black woman. I need to talk to these African chicks. No, I'm I'm handling business over here in this container. Right? Okay. So okay. I, I just wanted to say that. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate let, your let, time. Let, I want to continue to listen. Okay. Wait. So wait. 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 Up, I just want to listen. Okay. Wait. Well. Okay. I'll put you back on hold. But let, let, let's delve into what he said about the American black woman talking to the African woman, right? Who, right? In her disgruntledness, writes articles in different publications because they get because immigrants come here. They get jobs in different publications and start to write articles of what a, what black men are supposed to be doing. When I know a lot of black men who do what they're supposed to do, right? But they're writing As do I. They're, As they're, do I. they're writing disgruntled concerning their African men, right. and I think that we, because. American black men can come when, when they do come and they come forceful with what they're saying, mm-hmm. they can come and put it across where those particular women will feel as if they have been threatened because I've, disc- I've discussed politics with women mm-hmm. just in writing and they tell me, uh, well, I don't, I'm not going to be bullied. And I'm like, I'm not bullying you. I'm having a discussion with you about politics because you're supposed to be mentally my equal. I'm not a male chauvinist, so I see you as equal. And so I'm having a discussion with you like I would discuss with any other human being who I see has a valid viewpoint and we may disagree, but we can have a valid discussion, right? Right. Right? So this is this is what... So, so, so my thing is... Maybe it is on the responsibility. 510 just came back in, so I'm going to let him in in a second. We can have this discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it is on American black women to lock these uh, women of African descent, the different countries that they come from, uh, straight from Africa here, who are immigrants, who are putting on the skin of American blacks and acting as if they're American black. Maybe it is the American black woman's responsibility to curtail and check these African women who come in and who talk ill about American black men as instead of talking ill about or correcting their problem with their African men. What do you say to that? Right, and I understand totally what you're saying, but but here's, here's how I see this thing. 
Personally, they are African. They have an entirely different culture. There needs to be a distinction made, right? Yep. Now, you and I need to understand that. They are used as pawns against us. Right. You know, yep. every every battle can't be a war. We already have enough that we're dealing with right here. Right. And if you are speaking with these African folk who migrate to America, the first thing you should be letting them know is you are not us. Right. That's each one of us. I'm going to carry a take on that responsibility. Now, if they are talking to me and I'm in a conversation, right. the first words that are going to roll off my tongue is, we are not the same. We don't have the same culture. We don't come from the same bloodline, potentially. See, my beliefs are very different. My family knows that they have been here since forever. I don't have an African bloodline. I have a Black Indigenous bloodline. But even if I didn't, and for those who are here who don't, we are still not the same as the Africans. That is a different culture. That is a different polarity. They are different. While we do have the same melanated and phenotypical features, we are different. Just like Russians are different from Germans. Right. And they'll let you know that quickly yeah. if you come choose the two. So all I'm saying is, I'm not getting ready to take on that job. I got enough on my back. Right. If you see an African chick out here talking greasy about you or your collective, you need to let her know. You, right. Hey, you're not us. Right. Whatever our problems are, right. they don't include you here in this case. Because right. especially if you go over there to Nigeria talking greasy about any one of them, right. they are going to handle you quicker. Right. Know that. That's right. So people, for people who are just coming in, this is part two of Cuties. Right. pedophilia or social commentary so this is the question that um i want to ask as far as the people who are into pan-africanism we dis we discussed pan-africanism in quite detail in nauseam on previous shows but for those who believe in pan-africanism and saying let's go back over to africa I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to bring in uh, 510 because he's been waiting patiently, and we're going to have this discussion out. So I'm going to ask both of you this question at the same time, and then we can have the discussion that we need to have between men and women. Right. Um, is it foolish for American blacks to say, oh, Africa is the place to be with all of this pedophilia going on, with all of this recolonization going on, in Africa where they don't have control of Africa, but at the same time, they're trying to get their documents together to come over to the United States. Is that a foolhardy view on the part of some of those who want to practice Pan-Africanism as I bring in 510? So 510, you're back on, and Sapphire, you're back on. And what's your name, 510? 510, are you there? Uh, Mr. Research. M Mr. Research, Mr. that's Research. right. Mr. Research, that's right. And Sapphire on the line. So I'm going to ask that question. So let's have this out and then we can get on the discussion about male and female and get your rebuttal to what Sapphire had to say. Who wants to go first on that question? Ladies first. Sapphire, are you there? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I gave my sentiment. Okay. I'm not African. 
Okay, you're not average. Okay, okay, five one zero. That was that was that was concise and to the yeah. point. Okay, five one zero. All right. So this has nothing. A little. Uh, sometimes when I say stuff that's very strange to people because they're not used to hearing it, I, I got the opportunity to travel overseas on my own dime at nineteen. So it opened my eyes to a bunch of stuff that the hood doesn't really teach us. So with that said. Uh, I will agree to what the sister said about us being indigenous to here. The Mali Empire came over here a long time ago, and even before the Mali Empire, we had uh, Africans over here before this stuff was even created. So I just want to give her kudos on that. Uh, the other thing that was addressed earlier, not to anybody on the panel, but just the gender thing in particular, we always like to tell little black boys that men should talk to men, women should talk to women. But what we cannot have is women to selectively decide when they want to talk and not to confront other women only if other women approach them. Not about anybody on the panel, but just in general. Because what you're doing is telling the black boy that he has to do all the work to the women and to the men. And then if he says something wrong to the women, to your point as the host, sir, then all of a sudden he's being attacked on that front. So at some point in time, the women have to stop being um, selectively afraid or selectively non-conversational with other women because this is what happens when the white women convince black women that uh, they that uh, in, into this uh, sisterhood of feminism that never works for black women. Black black women were getting jobs by black men. Uh, the Pullman uh, Union started the first national economic uh, uh, convention for black women. Uh, the white women didn't even want you working next to the office. But somehow they got convinced, hey, look, go after your man. And they've been happening ever since. To the, to the question directly that the host posed, let, let me say it this way. Back in uh, the 1800s, uh, a bunch of millionaire black men who created sail ships, went over to start Liberia. You had several sectors of Africans who lived there did not want to contribute in making the forts. They didn't want to contribute in making the cabins. They didn't want to fortify the place. They did not want to help. So up rose Liberia from the ashes, created by African-Americans. We always got to look at history to answer a question, sir. So what happened uh, a year later? They tried to include the man. They tried to, uh, and everything worked for a while until the grandson of the guy who started the place said, you know what, well, we're gonna include y'all in the government, but we, 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 have, to, we, we have to fade it fade it in. We can't do it quickly. Oh, it's not moving fast enough. Well, that's not how this works because, you know, we, we're already on two lifetimes of us running this place and everything's going good. Well, it didn't happen fast enough and Africans decided to kill the Americans. <laughs> Proof of what I'm saying, because I'm Mr. Research, I like to give you dates. The 1971st Civil War of Liberia. Come on. I'm kicking it. What is to prevent people from going back and saying, you know what, now that everything's built, now that Akon has built Senegal, we don't want these Americans here no more. At some point in time, love is love, but you got to get black Africans to realize that their enemy, the, the people of the Celts and the Franks, white people, 
consider everybody black. They don't care about the fact you from Nigeria and you from Ghana. Right. They can care less. They are going to bond with a German yeah. faster than a Polish and a French. They don't care. All they see is black. So the first thing you got to do to answer your question is to get Africans to realize your flag really means nothing to the enemy. That's my answer. Sorry to be long-winded. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. My, my, my answer to it is, my, my thought on it is, we're going to have to be like any other colonizer and go over there and take our take our part as w once we get it together over here it's our turn to go over there and get the riches and things see you just talked about I often reference the Liberian wars often yeah. with people I often reference that and I said hey you're you can't tell us what to do you are I'm going to use the modern words today you are a kata you are a white Negro from America. You can't tell us what to do. And then the wars kick off. I do it more uh, connotative. You did it denotative. Beautiful. Beautiful analyzation on that. I often talk about that myself. And this is why when people uh, often talk about Pan-Africanism and they talk about that, I say, do you really know what's going on in Africa? Do you, real, do you really realize that this director, like this director of Cuties, mm -hmm. she's one who if the Senegalese would do anything for a dollar, then whomever is backing her movie, she will allow them to put in what they want to put in. And the angles on this film are pedophilic angles. They even have in the scene when they're doing the dance routine on the stage, they even have a Caucasian man. The black people who are sitting there are not shaking their head. No, we don't like that. They actually cut to a white man who is sitting there nodding his head. But you would have the nerve to come over here to the United States as an African woman from one of these states where in Senegal... Prostitution is legalized and they have prostitution cars like, what did you say? Over in Europe? Oh, red light district in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. Right. They have, they have this and they're standing out there selling their bodies to Europeans, but they would claim the West and then want to blame American black, Western American blacks for what their children are doing over there in Africa that they are allowing to happen. What do you say to that, Sapphire? Well, I didn't. I meant to ask you earlier where were you getting that information from? Because as I researched her, I didn't see that. Didn't see so what? Can you can you enlighten me on that? Didn't see what? I didn't see her relating the the situation with with the young girls being so sexual and so sexual to the American black woman I didn't, or culture where, where, where when, when, when when this is these are cold words you know like how they say that the uh, certain white supremacists have uh, dog whistles they say dog whistles certain words okay. that uh, African women will say that has to do with the West is directed towards it misdirected because of some kind of self-hate of, of some sort 
of not looking at us as at least within phenotype being the same and trying to have what this whole Pan-Africanism thing, which was supposed to be the African diaspora, whatever, you know, that's that that died with the leaders who believed in it. When they say things like the West, they are referencing American blacks in particular, even though the people who are harming them are European, European and American Western, Euro-Americans and European whites. So those are dog, right, right. those are dog, yeah. those are dog. Okay, whistles. I can believe that. I, right. Yeah, I can believe that they're being used as a tool. I said that. Like, mm-hmm. That is what I understand this woman to be used as a, a tool against the black indigenous folk or black culture in America. But let me say this. When we talk about um, these Africans, I don't think many of us understand. You can, you can, and I, I don't want to send anybody on this line, but you can preach until the cows come home about reaching out to them. They do, they know that they are not of you. And when you get in their culture and in their circle, they will show you. Now, I can't help because they want to take your money because you can't take coffers and eat. You need to understand, they love white Jesus. They worship upon that. And there's nothing you're going to do to change that. But I'm telling you, I, I, I can't just worry about everything they're doing over there. I, I really can't. I've got my hands full over here. Worrying about how we're faring over here. Right? But if I'm in the company of Nigerians or people from the Gambia or the Senegal and they bring up relating their dysfunction to Western black folks, yes, I'm going to say something. I've already told you what's going to roll off my tongue. Hey, we're not the same. And you know this, right? So I don't, for me personally, in my mind, I understand them. I understand they're trying to position themselves. Now, if you don't understand that, I don't think it's my place. And when I'm not speaking to you directly, I'm to listeners. If you don't understand that, I don't feel it's my place to make you understand it. But all you have to do is read, right? All you have to do is listen to their podcast. They will let you know my culture does not include you. Looking like them has nothing to do with it. It's just like the Koreans or the Japanese and the mainland Chinese, the Mandarin Chinese. They don't get along, even though they have phenotypically the same features and skin tone and hair type. They have that same EDAR gene, but they do not get along. Why? Because they are a different culture, right? They come from a different container on this earth, and they know that about one another. So I'm, I'm simply saying I'm not trying to be cool by now with Africans. I don't have anything against them. And like the Dr. Maya Angelou say, I'm not going to pick them up and I'm not going to put them down. That's, <laughs> that's my response. Oh, good. Let me... Go ahead. Let me uh, come in for those people listening and uh, give a different type of solution. So recently I put myself forward uh, a lot on the TV stations and what have you because I wanted to be able to articulate a warfare mindset. And here's what I mean for those people who are looking for a solution. It is not good for you people out there listening, not not talking about the people on the panel, I mean the people out there listening, 
to have the thought process of not saying nothing. You need to slaughter the image the way they slaughter the image, if not just one time in a year. The, the whole thought process of not saying nothing helps them. The whole process of uh, let it come to you if you out there in, in listening world helps them. I'm not telling you to get argumentative. I'm not telling you to do any of that. I'm telling you to women need to speak on women who they feel are not or are, are, are doing anti-black moves. Let's just call it that. Men need to speak on men who are doing anti-black moves. Now, very true, it doesn't mean the person changes their way, but the narrative is out there for the next generation to have balance and see both arguments. If you people out there are on the I'm going to be quiet uh, thought process or I'm not going to say nothing thought process, you, you're doing nothing but, but, but helping the anti-black which is one of the reasons why we push against people now who make anti-black statements and we're starting to push against people who use their faith to talk about black things but have no interest in black women. So in regards to Africa, Africa, uh, well, well African-Americans, we have this problem. We have people who love to critique each other here but don't have the research or the or, or the honor to pick up the sword and do the same thing against the anti-black or the people who are behaving uh, in a way that they don't want to see black children win. At the end of the day, we can no longer have these, I'm just going to sit and watch mentalities while everybody is to their right to do it. But when you see... Uh, an aggressive man get on and make these statements, use that same energy. Don't speak on the aggressive man making these conversations. Don't speak on the guy, well, it ain't gonna work. Don't, don't do that. Go back to the silence, and this is for everybody. And if we see a woman doing for black men what black men ain't doing for themselves, don't sit up here and crack on the woman. Hey, look, she this and she that. No, you go out there and you pick up that microphone. You write a book. You get on TV and you make your statement. If not, you're just as bad as the anti-black person for speaking against this woman who is doing something you don't like. She's doing it because you as a guy are cowardly staying off to the sideline. So it's just enough of this stuff uh, for the people out there listening. We gotta pick a solution. Either be quiet forever, or pick up the sword and bust somebody over the head, mentally. Mm, okay, you know what? This is a robust conversation between you two. I appreciate both of you. Yeah, thank you both. Sapphire and Mr. Research. Yes. Uh, thank you for calling in. You know, you definitely brought perspective and insight on the topic and you brought clarity to certain situations within the African and American black relationship, but we can call it that. And thank you for calling. We appreciate you and we look forward to hearing from you again. All right. So they dropped. All right, people. 
So, looking at this map, right? Talking about the Cuties film. We told you about the Cuties film. And so let's break it down by... Boy, that was a robust conversation. Yeah, that was a great conversation. They, they, they brought their information to it. No arguing, just discussing, passing ideas. That's what we do here at the Film Review Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society podcast. Uh-oh, wait a minute. So they were both on the same page. One, 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 you're on the line. Hello. One, one, one. I don't have the Okay, okay, you're just listening. listening. You're just listening. Okay, okay, I'm gonna put I'm you back. Listening. Okay, I'm gonna put you back. Um. So, you know, robust conversation between yeah. the two. Uh, no arguing. That's what we do at yeah. TFR hashtag TFR podcast live on the Film Review Live channel. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast by going there subscribing you can hear us on replay you know what I mean Uh, so the storyline of uh, first of all do you have the uh, cast Yep. okay let's go through the cast of this film let me bring the African map down for a minute that shows you the breakdown of sex trafficking in Africa while they talk so poorly about American blacks Right, so let me let me pull this down and bring this back up so that we can go through the go through the uh, the poster here. Let me bring that back up. All right, so this is the poster, and you know, of course, in the middle we have X'd out pedophilia. We don't believe in it around here at TFR Podcast Live. Hashtag TFR Podcast Live. Before we go through the cast, there's a story that I tell about. A person whose father was in the court system. He was a court officer. And he got onto the conversation and it got on to talking about pedophilia and then bringing people in. He said that pedophilia to him, to him was not a homosexual act. And I said, well, homo is a prefix. It means same one. So the same sex doing something is a homosexual act. The same sex playing football take the sexual aspect of it, but it is a homosexual act. So automatically, no doubt that a man, Nambla, loving a little pubescent boy or a teenager with with a man, is a homosexual act. Because we had got on talking about the priests. Right. And the priests, I said, well, they were homosexuals. No, they're not homosexuals. They they are pedophiles. That's different. I said, no. Homo is nothing but a prefix, which means same one. Same sex. One sex. Homo. Sexual. Homogeneous. Homogeneous. Go ahead. Cast of uh, cuties. Okay, so starring is it Fatha Yusuf Abdali as Amy? Mama. Amy is the main star, yeah. the main character in this piece, and she's tied in in between uh, Islamic culture right. and being within the more secular. I call it secular. French culture, right? Right. And she's 
caught in the middle of this. She likes what she likes, but her character is already shown to be flawed because they show her as being a thief in it. And I don't know where the director and the writer was going with this. Right. Right? Right. The little girl, she's a she is a good actor. Good actor. But it was a adult content. The adult content. So I would have preferred to see her in another film. Yeah. Because as an actor, she's a good actress. But it's just the content. And this whole cuties. Dokore, I don't know where she was going with where she was going with the film. I'm really, I'm it was really, really not, all over the place. The I film. mean, because at the end of the film, the little girl, the mother, basically, uh, we're giving spoilers. So for people who we're giving spoilers, the mother basically segregates her. She says it would be best that you don't come to the wedding. Because the mother made the decision that she's going to be a dutiful wife and be the first wife and then the second wife is coming in for the man. And she said, maybe it's best that you don't come. Right. right? All during the whole time, like this girl is 11 and then they they have a scene where she has her period and she's bleeding in her jeans. I mean, it's really something that's uh, like absurd. Well, that scene... I saw it as a, a coming of age. So when they showed that, I said, okay, well, that's letting you know that she's moved on to her so she's coming menstrual of age. Right, right. cycle. So she comes down, but mm-hmm. see, the, the dress, see, it's like a, a, a symbolic because right. the dress that is her Islamic dress For starts to bleed right. first. Then later, the grandmother right. sees her bleed, and then she's the, the one aunt. that goes. The aunt, yeah. she laughs, and then she says, "Ha ha, come on!" Right. And when when I first when I got my menstruation the next year okay. at twelve years old, I was married right. at twelve. Right. See, this these are the things right. that go on in culture and right. they stand it in different cultures. Well, right? and this right here is like a, a lighter side of the movie. There are, for those that didn't see this film, I mean, there are areas in this film that, I mean, I'm looking at it like, you know, where is this coming from? Like, she goes from being a little girl who's upset about, you know, her father marrying another woman Mm -hmm. and the woman will be living with them, right? So, plus, battling with the cultural difference, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they moved to France. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. she's dealing with all of this. But then, in the middle of all of that, like you said, she goes through, you know, she's what, stealing the money and stealing someone's phone. And when the when the man asks for his phone back, then she figures, well, instead of giving him his phone, she offers him sex. And where did she get that from? See, that, that's so where kinda, that's not explained in yeah. the film. Where did she get that from? Because the the French side was not. If she was in the secular French world, right. none of the girls that were in the French world exhibited that right. behavior. Then she takes the phone, right, and she takes a picture of her vagina then it spreads across and then they kick her out the group they say we're not about that we're not strippers so the other little girls they're like okay we're dancing we're having fun we're emulating what we see on the videos 
but they're like, okay, but you took it to a whole different level. Now they want by us taking to a, be a hookers. Picture of your vagina, right? And it's all over the internet, and they're and like you're out the group. Something's wrong with you. What's wrong with you? You know. So it's just, I think the piece in this film that was missing is was like. Was this girl maybe was she maybe touched by someone? Like it because it went from her just dancing. Now the other little girls they danced, they did their little sexy dance moves from what they saw in the video. But she was the choreographer. And she instigated. And and during in her choreography, she brought in more sexual moves. She instigated the sexual moves. Right. They were moving and dancing, right. but she brought she in, brought in a the sexual, grinding the gr- and pumping and the, pump. the floor and bending and, and and gyrating back and forth right. on the knees. So, right? the, so the thing is, is I think I wish the director had a focus on maybe the mind state of this little girl beyond her being upset, you know, with her parents because. All of these other little girls, they were the same age, you know, and same basic issues as 11-year-olds. And although this little girl was upset about her father, I mean, it was taken to other places that was not considered the norm, I guess. I mean, I felt like there was a piece missing. And then the writer, the director, she said she used pieces of her personal of her life for this film right and so she's from Senegal and she moved to France as a child so I'm wondering what happened in Senegal then or what happened in France to her as a child because the film went places that didn't follow what an 11 year old girl would do Right. It was more of a pattern of a child who had may have been touched. Yeah, without some without some trauma being there. Right. She made it seem like she was a little girl that had no trauma. Right. Other than the fact that her father was uh, coming with another woman, and then from there she went off and did all of this wild stuff. And then at the end of the movie, she's a person without a land, so to speak. She comes down. She she's wearing uh, regular. No, no, I'm not gonna say regular clothes, but she's wearing uh, Western clothes, jeans, and a top. She looks in at the wedding, but she doesn't go to the wedding. She's alienated herself from her friends because she runs off stage. She has some epiphany, which we don't understand what the epiphany is, because she didn't go and put on the Islamic dress and go to the wedding. She has some kind of epiphany, so she alienated her friends. So she has no friends. She's alienated from the Islam, and she's outside, and she decides to jump rope. And the at film the just end ends, film. like and the, the film, film just ends, ends like that. Like that. And, and so, like... what is the message of the film right there? So the uh, dual Corre woman, she needs to focus on and tell the truth of what was happening. In her in-between passage of being in, coming from Senegal, being in the camps, and then as a refugee, as as the story went, as we researched her, and go over and 
tell what her experience was in France and who did what, right? And quit blaming Western for what this little girl did because nothing that the Western did, the Western world did, had anything to do with what she did in the movie. The 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 through line did not follow. Which or, that, that's a two okay. on the through line because the through line did not follow it once we get to the right. Or I'm wondering also like could the producer have incorporated like some of that? Let's say if the writer if if she didn't experience that trauma as a child because she did say she used parts of her life to create the character to create this film but also the producer the guy who you showed earlier Mm -hmm. he has a history of doing controversial films also and he has a film that shows a relationship between an adult male and a child prostitute an African child prostitute he is a security as the story goes he's a security guard Right. And he watches this child, African child prostitute right. in his security cameras. He right. becomes enamored and beguiled by her. Right. And he goes out and consciously goes out to seduce right. this 12-year-old girl. And that's the, the producer's film, right? That's the producer's So film. then it's kind of like you have the 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 co the co-owner of the Sundance Film Festival he's no longer associated with Sundance today uh-huh but okay. he also oh. mm-hmm. is uh up for charges right right for that yeah right so and she was dealing with little for dealing with children, children. okay right? so through that film festival she's presented with an award right that's right from Sundance okay. And this is from a man who has been charged with having relationships with children. Okay. But then on the other side of her, the producer of her film also has a controversial history. He made a film, Uh like we just discussed, with a relationship between a man and an African child prostitute. So, pedophilia. So it's just like all around her, I mean, there's some type of pedophilia. Right. So inspiration. Yeah, so in in, in in watching this film, this is did this film get a, a R rating? No, what's on Netflix? I don't know, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. So okay, so it's on Netflix. So But this is definitely not a film for children to see. And that's why I said the fo- first poster was misleading. The one from France with right. the little girls laughing and playing. And it was best that Netflix put put that poster up. Right. right. So Sole Sola Toto. Right. Is the film? It came out in 2013, which means which means sun on the sidewalk. Right. So this security guard right. sees sun on the sidewalk. It's a brighter day, right? Once he sees this and wants to seduce this little African girl prostitute because he's been seeing her in his face. So he put out the Sole Sola. In 2013, and this is that director, right? Yeah, he produced, he produced Cuties. 
He produced cuties. Yes, he did. And so, remember, what the producer says often goes. And so these are, so when you're looking at blaming people, putting blame off on a whole nother group of people who neither have the economic power like these Europeans have to go places and do things is is uh, unfortunate. I'll say the least to be kind. It's a unknowledgeable, but I think willfully unfortunate. It's, it's unfortunate that she is willfully doing this when what's happening over in the continent of Africa is go, it's going down. Like you go over there, it's poverty stricken, and wherever there's poverty. This has uh, the tendency and the possibility to take place, right? So Netflix, you know, to do uh, damage control, they went out and started a campaign and said it's something to teach children and it's and it's a cautionary tale Netflix, and go see this. They're full of bullcrap. Cautionary tale, please. And you can't even show your kids this because the average little kid who knows nothing about sex, they they, they know about little dancing or whatever, and they have fun and it's all innocent. But if if they see the angles that this is shot at, they're going to go, ugh, ugh, ugh. So it's not. So let's go through. Let's go through. Story through line. That is a two. Cinematography style. That's a zero, right? No, no, well, and then let me go. Telling the telling the story, telling the story, her ability to tell the story with POV and and and, and sizes. That that that, the one scene that was a really good scene is you remember the scene in the bedroom when she's under the bed and she's listening to the conversation. That's right. It's how you tell a story. That was a great that, that, so, story. So, and then when she first sees the uh, the second wife, and it's more like the shower steam is going, and she's coming out with a veil over her face, looking okay. like she's a beekeeper, and it's right. all white, okay. and it's scary as she's walking okay. towards her, and then she runs out. So okay. imagery wise, it, it's two it's two levels. This right. the the way that the woman tells the story on her own right. without we can tell where the, where the producers got involved that's right. a 10. Right. Her ability to tell right. a story right. with through film right. is a 10. Minus all of that other the cinematography that has right. to do with the close in angles up the butt, up the crotch while they're Crazy. dancing and doing all that and you're seeing uh butt cheek hanging out and you see the white right. man sitting there shaking his head yeah it's the audience that is a zero that is zero that is pedophilia and it's her zest to try to say that um, because they say that about Beyonce don't they say that Beyonce is the purveyor and and she's a, a cultural misappropriator, and she's too sexual, she's an adult and she woman. does this. And I'm just saying, that's what right. they say. So this is an example of when they talk about the West, okay. redirect your anger. Right. Redirect your because anger. Because when you're talking about adult women entertainers dancing versus 
little girls. But but Beyonce doesn't do any dancing like what we no, saw in this no. film. She, no, what's in this film is for crazy. little girls eleven years old to be doing that is a zero right. on sim- and it goes beyond the dancing in this film. It goes like beyond the dance and just the content in general, just the the whole you know uh, so called her little seduction that she tried to do with the grown man over the phone, you know, taking and getting ready to take her pants down and her shirt off, offering her body to this man. I'm like, okay, so where are they going with this? And he pushes her off and says, no. Right. He's like looking at her like, what is wrong with you, little girl? He bounced. He bounced. But before she threw his phone, she took a picture and then put it over the internet of her vagina. Now, so this is weird. So, Amy is so so arc of characters, right? The Amy character, the actress who plays Amy, she can't emote on screen. I think that she's going to need the right PR agent for after this because this, let's go through the rest of the list of the uh, actors in it. I think it's going to derail their career a little bit because automatically also who is hit at is the person who acts in it. So she's going to need a good PR plan. She's going to need a good agent to keep it going because all she wanted to do was act in a movie. She didn't know and wanted to further her acting career. She didn't think that she would be thrown into such a controversy. And I don't understand what's happening at Sundance. We showed, we told you about the person who was up on charges of pedophilia who was a co-owner. But when you watch videos from Sundance, they talk about how good she is. She has a film before that that deals with the same subject matter, just about the husband taking a second wife and the daughter is deranged and wants to get rid of the second wife. That's the storyline, as the synopsis says. And then there's another film that she has that we can't find. The title is there, but we can't find anything else about it. Those two were two short films. Then she branches out to this larger film and it's left with gaps. The arc of the character, showing the Amy character, how she arced, I have to give that a 10 because of the acting and how she arced and how it showed how the mentality of who she was at the beginning through the theft that she would be willing to thieve and take from take not only her innocence away but the the children were with her away who else is in the uh, cast Um, also when we said the main star uh father yusuf Mm -hmm. um mamu mona gain plays miriam medina el adi plays angelica Bali Chi Granani plays um, Wallet C. Um, Esther Guari plays Kumaba. And those are, know, like the those are the main ones. Listen, there's a scene where she takes the phone and pushed by the little girls that have the, the French little girls that have befriended her. They push her to go into the male bathroom to catch a guy while he is peeing at the urinal. Now, this is a little boy fantasy that uh, 
a little girl would want to look at his wee wee. That is a little boy's okay. fantasy. So that's where you know that the script it, where that is put in, right. right? She's not successful in the piece, in, in the scene, but that's something that's thrown in there. You say little girls aren't usually like that. So the arc of her character, I have to give that a 10. Uh, there's a scene in it where Again, she's thieving at the beginning, so that's the through line of it and how she would thieve and take their innocence. And then she thieved and took one of the girls' opportunity who was going to take her place dancing. She pushes her into the river. She finds out that the little girl can't swim and she's wailing her hands. Now, she's dressed in the outfit to dance with the makeup and the glitter on her face and the tight outfit that you see on this poster over here, right? She's looking at her, and if the little girl had drowned, then, hey, she just would have headed over to the party, but she would have felt bad, but she would have went over there to do the event. The little girl finds a dinghy, makes it over to a dinghy, and holds on to the dinghy, right? Edits and sound. The sound on it is good, the way that they uh, L cut, J cut, I'm gonna get out of 10. The edits, because of the pedophilia in it, that's a zero. The sound quality though, that's a 10. Wardrobe and set design. Using the world that they live in, the school and the country that they're in, France, I get out of 10. The wardrobe, again, that was pedophilia, that's a zero. Direction, the way that she directed the little girl's acting, I'll give it a 10. Her losing her ability to have control of her film, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt okay. that because the producer put the money up, okay. that she, like many Senegalese, where the money is, you right. would be willing to... Right. I want to give her... So her directing of the kids, that's a 10. Her... 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 Ability not to keep control of her film, that's a zero. Actor skill, that's a 10. Okay. All right, so what would you rate I the film? No, but what would you rate the film overall? Because there's an overall rating on the film, okay. you know. So what would you rate the film? Like, th those are just, so they have to break down aspects, especially when okay. it's a film where there are good aspects of the film. Okay. I break down the aspects. Okay. But what would the film get as a full, complete piece? As a complete piece, I would give it... I would... See, the parts that I like is just like very little. Like it's just the beginning. Maybe it's the first 15, 20 minutes of the film. Okay, that's establishing the character. Establishing the character. And after that... Like I was finished with it because I loved how it introduced um, the young lady, mm -hmm. um, her mother, her brother, um, and you learn her dramatic was, need. Her dramatic need when you heard the mother on the telephone mm -hmm. talking to, I believe it was the aunt uh -huh. about the husband bringing his wife, and then the mother's crying, and the little girl is hidden under the bed crying. Like that part was just like. Well done, mm -hmm. but ha if she had to just kept it in that format instead of moving it to where she took it, like even the little dances that the little girls did 
was would have been enough without her adding on the angles, the the sexual angles, and the zooming in and the content about the the whole. I mean, it, it was a lot that could have been left out. A lot that could have been left out. A lot out. that could have that That's took right. it into like this pedophilia field type. Um. So I mean, although like the introduction of the character was great. But before it kind of went downhill, I mean, I have to, I don't have a score for it. I guess it would be a zero because I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like, I'm not playing around. I'm not playing around with that. I mean, I have too many children. I have many, many children in my life, as we said earlier. Uh, male children as well as female children as well as friends children because like pedophilia is right nothing to play with so I'm giving it like I'm giving it a zero I I have nothing for that Mm -hmm. and Netflix they can make whatever type of excuses they want to make and it's whatever what did they say cautionary tale whatever like this is something you wouldn't even want to sit down and show your child because first of all the film is all over the place after they establish the characters I mean it's just I don't even know why it's on Netflix Mm. so you know when I was watching it because I because I listened to what she said afterwards but I was like is this a new way of or is this supposed to be groundbreaking because I hadn't watched the the behind the scenes and the interviews that were done by Netflix and then done by uh, Sundance, right? I hadn't done that yet, mm-hmm. but I was th- as I was sitting there watching it because it's a advanced form of pedophilia because at first you don't really realize what you're looking until at, right. Yeah. You don't know what you're looking at. So I was sitting there as we were discussing the film, and I was like, "Is this a new frontier?" Because she's a woman and women can do this so it took me a while to wrap around it because then I started listening to her review of her interviews and what she was trying to do with the film and I said hey that's exactly what I was thinking the other day that what it was but then as I went through and I kept going through and then I watched the Sundance piece and they talked about how brilliant she was and I'm listening to saying that she's brilliant then I'm looking at it and I'm thinking hmm then I started doing the research about Senegal and what's happening in Senegal and I'm like but what did I say? from the front to front you were like that but you know we had the views but you know what what's happening in Senegal right now this is what's happening in Senegal right now people this is what's happening as we show this right here. And we For know those this who is are going listening, on throughout the world. This is a photo of two prostitutes okay. in Senegal. And Senegal's innovative approach to prostitution. This is right. the story, right? right? Their innovative approach to prostitution, right? And it goes on to say in a little uh, tagline or a little byline at the bottom that a tagline right. that their their rates of HIV okay. is lower than even Washington DC. Now what's interesting about Washington DC, uh Baltimore area, what 
Texas slave port. They had the, we, we talked about that before in episodes 121 through 129, one of the episodes in there, uh, where we talked about them having the breeding farm in Baltimore. Right. So you would understand why if they're releasing a virus to kill people up, that that will possibly most likely be in the Washington, D.C. area because they bred right. slaves there right. and more and births keep coming. Right. And, but anyway, that's that's another show for another time. Right. right. So that's what's happening in Senegal and it's innovative by the writer. Now, who is the writer? Who would know? Right, but you know what else is good about about it? Well, not good about it, but what's a saving grace for the Africans? Mm-hmm. For the Africans is, mm-hmm. as we found this is this is another meme we found that COVID nineteen in Africa fewer cases so far and more uh, preparation needed. Yeah. Right, so they have less cases. Yeah of COVID-19 in Africa. They thought, you know, Bill Gates and all that was talking about the virus. I mean, talking about the vaccine and needing to go over to Africa. But you kind of find out Africans are kind of right now seeming to be immune because it's less cases. And I'm glad that it is for them. It is good that it's less cases because the European is coming over there and having sex. Men are selling their wives. Uh, for uh, in prostitution in certain countries in Africa. So when people talk about going back to Africa, do you really want to take your children over there? Or, or have you woke up from your romantic dream? I'm not Roman, so I wouldn't have romantic dreams. Moving right along, people. Speaking of another African, American. we're here, African, yeah, Africa American. We are talking about none other than Issa Rae. And she has the fourth season of Insecure, right? And so we find the Issa character, Issa D, on the show, at odds with her best friend while rekindling a relationship with an old boyfriend. And this is where we find her in the fourth season. Now, what's interesting about this season of Insecure is everything that you've known about the show is turned upside down and turned topsy-turvy, right? right? Right. The friendship that you know between the characters, the main character, the main two characters is at odds with one another. They're chippy with one another out of... Just conversation. We need the uh, cast. Um, just out of conversation, they are chippy to each other. Right. Issa Ray, Issa D, the character, is advancing so and moving forward with her organizational skills that she learned uh, while uh, doing pro bono work. And again, you know, we covered Insecure season one, yes. but. We found uh, season four to be interesting. Yeah, it debuted April twelfth of this year, right? And so, who's on the uh, the the cast, real quick, as we go? So through. for season four, of course, Issa Rae as Issa D. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Yvonne Orgy plays Molly. Now, Molly and Issa D are at odds with one another this right. season. It's like uh, decisions right. on relationship decisions yeah. and just decision making in particular yeah. is being criticized by on both sides towards each other. Yeah, right? well, it's just like in real life, you know, as time go on, Sometimes people have different interests and people grow apart. They right? grow apart. That's right. Um, Jay Ellis is back this season mm-hmm. um, playing Lawrence. That's right. And um, Lawrence Issa's and, love and, and Issa D right. rekindle a love. And just when you think that it's going to be coming up Poo Poo Rose, I mean, coming up <laughs> Magnolias, it comes up Poo Poo Roses. And Issa's friends are back. Natasha Rothwell and Amanda Seals. They're back on the show. And that's the cast. That's right. That's the cast. And Amanda Seals' character has had the baby. Yeah. And she is going through some postpartum depression. Basically passing the baby off to the friend. Right. You know what? Okay, so I had to go to another page because I'm like, some of the cast members aren't missing. Okay, so also this season, um, Neil Brown Jr. Um, mm-hmm. is back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kendrick Sampson is back. And Wade Allen Marcus is back. And I'm looking for the one actor that's dating Molly, but I do not see him. On the details, right? So, Issa Issa is starting to... Her character is starting to arc because before the first three seasons, she was pretty much just in a mundane relationship. And then when she first breaks away from from Lawrence in the third season, right? Then he comes back in the fourth season. Did they break away the second season? It had to be the second season unless it's five seasons. Oh, because I'm like, the first season, all of that was going they on. They broke they away broke in the up? second season. The second season, they ended And then the third season, okay. he comes back at the end. Right, at the end. Right, he, she sees her, and then right. that's when she discovers the friend is actually dating him, right? Right. So then, uh, now this season, they're together and they're rekindling. Just when they think... They could have a relationship. <laughs> Something happens, and that's why you have to watch it. So it is a yeah. season worth binge watching, and that's what we did. Yeah. We like to wait to binge watch unless it's that show that we love. Lovecraft Country. I mean, I wish I could binge watch that. I mean, but it's just like... But we watch it, and we, we sit like, after we get off here, we're going to watch that. But anyway... Yeah. Story through line on Insecure this fourth season. That is a 10. Yes. Cinematography through and telling the story with right. the angles and using uh, California yeah. as a backdrop and right. as a living, breathing uh, character. That's a 10. Yeah. Arc of characters. This season going topsy, topsy-turvy mm-hmm. and, and, and people switching alliances really bring out the arc in all of the characters, even some of the secondary characters. 
edits and sound beautiful. The use of the music to convey a scene, the editing beautifully done, wardrobe and set design excellent. The concert that she puts yeah, on, beautiful, yeah. right? The Vince, direction. Vince Staples was there in it. The, yeah. yeah. The direction in it, right. that's a 10. Right. And the acting skill, the actor's skill right. is definitely a 10, Great right? Music. Great like each music. Each of the scenes, like from season one all the way up until now, season four, the music is well placed and insecure. Like they have really great music and if you don't know the song, you will finding yourself like taking your phone and try searching to find out what song is being played. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. do like a really great job and you know, her putting the festival together. I mean, it was great to, to see Vince Staple. He's a, a really good rapper, a, a hip hop artist. But I mean, like Insecure is just a great show. Mm-hmm. So what would you rate this? A 10. Season? Yeah, I'd give it a 10 also. Moving right along, people. We have Tom Hardy as Capone, right? This film finds Al Capone, or Fonzo, as he's called affectionately by his wife, an aged Capone suffering from syphilis, right? The the ravages ragged the ravages of syphilis on the brain, untreated syphilis. He had it 15 years before he went in, as we researched. Right. And so he had it 15 years, so it was undiagnosed, right. untreated, right. and it causes people syphilis causes people to lose their marbles. As well as bodily functions. That's right. Urination. Right. uh, uh, Defecation. Yes. With no control. No bowel control. Right. Hallucinations. Hallucinations. Right. And so we find him in this state at his home. Quite depressing. And He's looking for something in his mind and the hallucinations start and he starts to see himself in places that he was in when he was younger and even comes into contact with his younger self, right? right? And he sees people who have been murdered seem to come back to him. So this is where the story is, right? And in the beginning, you think that he is surrounded by family, right? And as the story goes on, it gets more and more depressing. And the way that it is edited, it is edited uh, uh, out of order. It's not edited in a chronological order of his existence after being freed from prison, right? Uh, To live out his last days. And so, this could have been his opportunity to stand next to uh, stand next to Robert De Niro. Okay. With Robert De Niro's definitive, I will say, okay. representation of 
who Capone was in The Untouchables. If you have not seen The Untouchables, right, with Sean Connery mm -hmm. and uh, what is his name? Kevin, Dancing with Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. Right. If you have not seen that film, you have to see Untouchables. It is it is where he gets his his design, his facial design of Capone. He gets that from uh, Robert De Niro's portrayal, I think. What do you think? Yeah, from, yeah I, I think he does. I think so. However, he could have stood he could have stood next to De Niro but and probably he was looking for some Oscar nods off because this, but I don't is think good. is it the script? Because I don't think I, I, I don't think I, I really didn't feel his acting in this. You know, Tom Hardy has had a hard way to go as far as I, I can see, as far as the films. Because the last thing he, we saw him in, he was playing the twins, and oh, that yeah. and that film rolled slow. That was a slow film where he played the twins, right? That was a slow film. And with this COVID going on, you really get a chance to actually sit down and watch a film. And when you watch this film, Capone, you say the editing and the chronological order of what's going on and trying to... There's, there's a new technique in film where they try to show you the stir craziness of the individual kind of okay. like uh, Adam Sandler's film okay. where people really didn't like that film oh because yeah Uncut Gems Uncut Gems it wasn't bad no no it, no, it was it was actually a good film mm -hmm. but they didn't like because there's a new technique of editing now where they actually show you the stir craziness of the person it's non-linear and it's cutting and going here and there and it's trying to give you put you in the mind state right. of the person right. and the uncut gems after sitting back and settling and saying where is this going and then right. the ending of it yeah. people really didn't like it right and so right. the capone the capone what, what you're seeing in this i didn't too much care for it let's go through the cast okay I'm starring Tom Hardy as Al Capone. Mm -hmm. Josh Trank was Agent Harris. Matt Dillon played Johnny. Linda Cardellani played May Capone. Noel Fisher played Junior. Cal McLennan played Dr. Carlick. Mm -hmm. um, Jack Loden played Crawford. Catherine uh, Narducci played Rosie. And you know the rest of the cast, the uh, ensemble cast. Okay, so let's go through. Let's see, storyline, through line, too jumbled. I'm gonna get out of five, right? Cinematography and storytelling. Okay. Now, telling the story through film using the angles and 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 the POV and the and using the natural lighting some. Other stage lighting. I'm going to get at a ten. The technical side of it is a ten. Okay. Arc of characters. There really is no. He really is the same person. The you same. just discover right. what's happening yeah. through discovery. So I want to right. get at a two. There is no gangsterism in this film except for in the flashbacks and then something that happens on the grounds. But it's too little, too late. Edits and sound. 
the editing on it, the non-linear linear editing and trying to make it make you feel who feel his emotion and who he is deeply inside. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work in this film because most people don't want to feel like a stir crazy person that needs some. But anyway, that's a two. Sound quality, that's a 10. Wardrobe and set design going from in his illusions and delusion and where he is now, that's a 10, right? Direction, I don't know. I don't think that he pulls Capone and he doesn't, to me, show you, doesn't to me bring Capone to me. So, I, but arguably I'm used to seeing Capone as a strong dude, not after he's done his stint in jail and then he's living out the rest of his life free because he has syphilis. Well, only the one scene. There's the one scene with the gold gun. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that that's something, but it's a little, Just like little a too late. <laughs> but the direction on it, that's a two. Okay. And then actor skill, I... I don't see I don't see acting yeah. skill in this, so I'm gonna get at a zero. So, what would you rate uh, Capone? Same. I would give the film like a five. I was like disappointed because they're okay. That's fine. Okay, so we're showing the film show Capone once he was released from prison, dealing with um, his syphilis. Right, so his health was declining fine but it just feels like the story could have been told a lot better more meteor yeah more it meat. was kind of just like all over the place um yeah so yeah so i i give it a five also that that's that's capone tom hardy capone now people a tour de force of of storytelling, I believe. Little fires everywhere. everywhere. And when they say little fires Oh my gosh, everywhere. I was watching the news today. Like literally. Like, literally. Little, little fires, fires everywhere. everywhere. Listen, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington go head to head in this tour de force called Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, happening, the plot line and the storyline takes place and through line takes place in Shaker Heights, Ohio. And we have affinity for Shaker Heights, Ohio because it is one of the southeast side suburbs of where we grew up our formative years into our adulthood until we finally moved from Cleveland, Ohio. To a warmer climate. To a warmer <laughs> climate year round. Yes, sir. So look. Little Fires Everywhere tells the story of Shaker Heights. Now, I don't know how favorable the storyline yeah. is to the backstory because they give context they to do. the And they to give the a history city. of Shaker. Right. And, and it's not too 
Not such a favorable look at Shaker. And I wonder mm -hmm. what the people in Shaker right. and the people in Cleveland in general, or the people that's next to yeah. Shaker, Cleveland Heights, right. yeah. or coming across yeah. uh, Warrensville Heights, right. uh, Ohio, what yeah. they looked at it, or Woodmere, how yeah. they looked at how they depicted yeah. Shaker Heights, Ohio. Before we do that, let's go through the cast. Um, starring Reese Witherspoon, playing mm -hmm. Elena Richardson, Carrie Washington, Mia Warren, Lexi Underwood. No, Mia Warren. No, Lexi Underwood, right? Yeah, plays Pearl Warren. Right. Yeah. Lexi is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. There is a scene yeah. in it when she discovers something. I said, I, I looked at Tracy, I said, how is she going to act this? Because... This is a this is gonna be an actor's choice, right? right? right. And how she acts this, right. it, there's only one way to act this, and I, I was wondering if she was going to bring it like she brought it, and she brung it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like uh, <laughs> bring it on, but yeah, she, she brought yeah. it the way I expected. Yeah. It was the only way yeah. to bring that when you find yeah. out this. Could you call it a betrayal? Could you call it the one of the little one of the bigger little fires everywhere? Right. right and right. when she finds this out about her mother, how does she right. react when she has the conversation yeah. with her mother? Yeah. She is an excellent actor. She can yeah. emote yeah. and she brought it yeah. and she didn't and she yes. brought it from her diaphragm. Yeah. She gets a 10 in my book. Yep. She is up and coming. Yes. She's she's incredible. Yes. And she's one, yep. when you look at her, when I kept looking at her on the screen, mm -hmm. and I'm saying, am I looking at, she had the bushy eyebrows and the long oh, yeah. nose and the high cheek. I said, am I looking at Tupac's daughter? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead with the uh, rest. Um, Joshua Jackson plays Bill Richardson. Megan Scott plays Izzy Richardson. Now, Izzy Richardson played by Megan. Yeah, Megan Scott. She is another that brings levels. I call it stepping. When I tell actors, I say, I want you to step up and bring layers to this character. She brings layers to the character that is uh, Izzy. Izzy, who yeah. is is battling, having a internal battle yeah. and the need for be to be understood right. through her art because she is realizing that she is what people would consider because this is a period piece. This is right. in the eighties, right. right? We forgot to tell you that in the 80s and that would be considered what she's feeling as an alternative lifestyle. Yeah. Right? Continue yeah. on. Um, Jade uh, Pettyjohn plays Lexi Richardson. She did a really great job too. Yes, she the did. The sister with yes. the layers. Yes. Um, Gavin Lewis played uh, Moody Richardson. Um, Moody Richardson. He, he did great too. Like he did great to bring movie. you the subtleness yeah. of being a person who wanted to be yeah. more open but you could see would be the one of the family of siblings yeah. that would grow up to be 
a bigot. And you said that during the film. And that, that's what he, 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 he gives you those layers of the person who would grow up out the group to be a bigot. Continue on. <laughs> okay, Jordan um, else played Trip Richardson. Trip Richardson, he also brings forth a layer of a person who is like a jock type, yeah. popular in school, yeah. the pretty boy type. Right. And he, through his kind of sister, Izzy, right. learns, he, he looks through her eyes at himself and mm -hmm. tries to reform yeah. himself he in does. the film. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Rosemary DeWitt um, plays best friend Linda McCullough. Mm -hmm. um, Hong Lu plays B.B. Chow. Um, now, B.B. Chow, as a, yeah. a supporting secondary character, yeah. is the, what causes the, is, is a, there's multi, it's, it's an ensemble cast, so there's multiple stories, but this is a story that is a through line right. that affects every character involved right. outside of the main yeah. focal story, which is Reese Witherspoon right. and who she is as a person. Right. And uh, Carrie Washington's character, who she is as a person, how they come together and knock heads. But right. this is the through line that ties all of that together and continues it in an yeah. infinity circle. Okay. Um, Jesse Williams plays um, Joe Ryan. Straight lace guy yeah. in this. Keep going. Um, whatever he's from Grey's Anatomy. So... Um, Jesse Williams is like, would you see? Because you know we talk about different celebrities mm -hmm. and people. And, we interviewed him. Yeah, what you see with him is what you get. What like you he get. is like such a like kind person, straightforward. He's um, well informed of social issues and just like down to earth, down right? To earth, yes. A real cool person. Real cool person. Um, Jeff Stoltz plays Mark McCullough. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Vontae Hart plays Brian Harlan. Steve Vontae Hart. Right. Pivotal character in this. Helps one of the siblings see herself. She's able to look at herself through his eyes and it helps her. Go ahead. Um, Jamie Ray Newman, Sarada Chaudhry, Paul Yeen, Melanie Nicholas King, um, Austin Bias, um, Abba Baba Tunde. You know what? I don't remember seeing him, and we He's interviewed the him. He's the father. Oh wow! He's Bobby. the father. He's another actor who He's is down to down earth. Down to earth. Who he is is what you we, see. Is what right. You get. He is so kind. Right. Um. Yes. And also, Tiffany Boone plays the young Mia. That's right. Tiffany yeah. Boone plays the young Mia. Now, yeah. people, you have to binge watch this. Yes. This is a tour de force. It, it is. is. And, and it Reese Witherspoon keeps coming off. She came off of Little Lies yeah. two seasons. Big Little, yeah. Big Little Lies. Then she went over yeah. to the morning show. And right. we we reviewed both of those. Both of those gave them great ratings. And now she's on here. So she her her PR and her right. agent right. and her manager is is getting her the work and she continues to work. Just like and executive produce. Right. You know? And just like uh Carrie Washington. Right. She comes from 
Spike Lee camp. Right. Right? Then she does the film The Last King of Scotland. Right. She's right? great in that film. Then then she comes through and then she's playing uh the uh Olivia Pope. Olivia yeah. Pope. Right. Then she does American Son. We reviewed right. that. Right. American Netflix. Son. And, and now, then now little fires everywhere and her acting ability to bring different characters she, even though she played that character of Olivia Pope so long she is not typecast and she brings a different nuance to each character right. that she plays that right. she portrays so you have to watch this you have to watch yeah, you have to watch it let me not shake my head no Yes, you have to watch this. Right. Little fires everywhere. Uh, Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon—they're um, also executive producers. Executive producers. See, this film, okay, series. This series, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so good. It's, it's like a, a each film, one is a, but it is a it's film. It's well done. Well done. Um, each episode, it's like and like you said, it's like just like layers and I love stories like that just like layers like the first season of um can't think of it now the first season of uh, with Julia Roberts on Amazon oh you're talking about uh homecoming yeah, homecoming yes uh-huh. so with little fires everywhere I love it because it's just like little like layers and like literally like different so many different storylines going on like exactly like little fires everywhere where and it's just so well written and we don't want to give anything away and the meaning of it is but, summed up in the conclu- in the finale yeah. episode a little fires everywhere I, like i book. said i don't know how how did how did you take the way it depicted shaker when i you know you know like you said coming from like that area I wasn't, in the beginning, like when everything was shiny and glossy, the way they introduced the characters, right? Mm -hmm. So for the little girl, the little girl was like mesmerized and she was just so happy and to finally have like a home, Mm -hmm. you know, because you'll see from watching the film, they do a lot of traveling. Mm -hmm. So they finally found a place that they could call home, which was in Shaker Heights. So you get the the history of Shaker and like just all of the the greatness about uh, living in Shaker and what what you're graduating from Shaker and the, the world is your oyster because the education is great and it's you can get into great schools because you graduated from Shaker Heights High School and it's just shiny and just like but what positive. you find, what you find about the girl is that she has the aptitude. Right. Her mother uh, schools her, and she yeah. has the aptitude to yeah. be there, and she yeah. she fits right in she and good, very gets the smart. grades right. in this accelerated school system. Right. Go, ahead. Go ahead. So, um, and that's the one thing her mother made sure that when she went to um, to Cleveland, right. She made sure that her daughter in the movie they mentioned red zone or you know but she made sure that her daughter was in a great school system mm-hmm. so you'll see from watching it as the mother as they travel the united states she she's very very cognitive 
that the school system is an excellent, excellent school system. So when this, when her daughter um, is registering to Shaker, her she's so smart, you know, that she tested out of algebra. No, tested out of the. Her, the girl wanted to be in the algebra class, right? Mm -hmm. They said, no, you need to be in geometry. So they said, okay, we'll take a test and test out. She was so smart, she tested out and she was able to go into uh, algebra two with the juniors, right? She's a freshman. So, um, so but as the story moves on and, and, and the, 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 the shininess of Shaker, it starts to dull. The varnish every, goes away. Yeah, yeah, varnish goes away and it's just dull and it's just, and so then they just, it turns like not so positive. Right. It's their experience in Shaker isn't like a positive experience. And then there's a scene when uh, when uh, Carrie Washington's character is in the grocery store shopping and she's listening to right. a story of Shaker Heights right. on her headset, right. on her Walkman, and it tells there about Shaker. Right. And it tells us, it tells some interesting things that even us who come from Cleveland, right. that has been held from you because we right. came through in the 90s. We right. came of age in the late 80s, came right. driving in the late 80s, right. came of age, adulthood in the 90s, right? right? So Shaker was different and it was. And it appeared to be what it appeared to be truly integrated. Right. And you find out through this, but you have to watch it. It's good. But, the but varnish is taken on. Right. Cause but so I'm like, well, who so I had to look it up. I'm like, who did this story? Now who is trying to dis shake her? Let me look this person up. <laughs> so I looked the person up and her name is Celeste Celeste NG. So uh -huh. she's Asian. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know if it's ng or, but um, her and last is name her... is spelled capital N, lowercase g. Mm -hmm. And this is based on her a novel. Um, and um, she says some of it is based on her life experience growing up in Shaker. So here it is: an immigrant telling you about Shaker and telling you a tale between a Caucasian. And an American, well, no, she, her daughter would be first generation American black, but she would be, uh, uh, the first moving to yeah. America, right? Because she moved with her parents right. to America from Jamaica. So her daughter would be first generation. Oh, Carrie Washington's character, right? Right. So I know, wait. Her, both her parents were from Jamaica, right. but Carrie Washington was was she born in America? Her character? I'm not sure. That's, it's unclear. Okay. It's unclear, but either way, her daughter would be full blood uh, American black, right? Because of the connection and the lineage, right? Right. Uh, of how she comes into existence, you'll right. see that all in the story, right? Yeah. Story through line, it is a ten. Yeah. Cinematography and through and storytelling through cin cinematography ten. Right. Arc of characters, the yeah. beginning yeah. to in the middle to the end of this series. Yeah. It is a serious ten. Solid. Edits and sound. Right. 
That is a 10. Yes. Wardrobe and set design based in the 80s. Yeah. It's a 10, right? Direction, right. 10. Right. Actor skill, right. the way that it's the best I've seen Carrie Washington emote yeah. in a long time. Yeah. She, because she breaks out of that Olivia Pope. Olivia right. Pope had a more trying to Fine. stay to refined. Polished. This woman doesn't have that. Right. She she's coming and she's right. bringing it right. full throttle. And Reese Witherspoon, in her own way, yeah. brings it full throttle. Right. She represents Caucasian woman right. fragility. Right. 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 And being from money, right. not necessarily having to work for it. And so right. this is the storyline. And then her right. her children then right. begin to suffer and they seem to be like people who will start right. little fires everywhere, kind of like the seven. Right. Wrapping it back around. You know, it's kind of like the seven that were uh, picked up okay. for being uh, anarchists in Rochester, New York, right? You know what? Um, what I can say is they did a great job. Well, other than this one scene, we was like that one little restaurant. We was like, we didn't see, haven't seen that. Oh yeah, at all. ever, yeah, ever. That was but a bad like, As far as like the homes and the lawns and everything, they did a really great job um, of matching, of matching it up with like Shaker because they they, they shot it, it in Canada. Yeah, right? they shot it in Quebec, Quebec, right. Quebec, Quebec, yeah. and so. You have to match things. Now, some the mansions there, they look similar. Look the one they were in, it, was it looked, it was passable. But like I said, they don't, in, in, in Shaker, they don't stretch this way. They go back. Right. Right? They go back. They may have, boom, right. but they go back. Right. Here, they stretch across. Right. That was cool. And they even had the Shaker sign in it. Yeah. And, but they... Certain areas that they showed you, though, you mm -hmm. were like a person that comes from Cleveland, Ohio, would notice say, "No, nah. just like that restaurant, that like, drive-through scene." Where's that? Nah, no. nah. But you know, it was just like the seven. Yeah. It, it was like you would see this grandness coming from money. The the generation before comes from money, and then you get the money, and then you get what they call bored, and you start talking about debt to America, and then when you finish. You'll be able to go back and do what you do, right? So, people, let, let's go through this. So, what would you rate? A 10. I mean, because it was just well written. It made sense, right? Unlike, unlike Cuties, we were just like, if it had made sense. But Cuties just did not make sense. It, it was just all over the place. So, what I can appreciate about Little Fires Everywhere is that it was just the script was just beautiful, right? So, I mean, I know it's it was from a novel, mm -hmm. but they did a great job executing it into That's film. Right. And it, it was just like layers. I mean, it was just like every, at the end of every episode, you're like, okay, I got to see what happens next episode. And we so, were so glad that we could binge watch right. it. Right. Because I don't know if we could sit and wait. Right. 
a, a whole nother world which you would have to but right. we're glad that it's up and we're glad that a lot of the episodes that come out now right. on different platforms they have them there for you to binge watch right. from the very beginning right right and, and that's that's the way that's really the way right to go so people this has been another great Robust. You know what, before we Uh-oh. say bye, Uh-oh. okay. We love how I loved how in the film I love the open discussion about um class, um race, um another I don't see I don't want to give it away, but then there's another issue that, uh, that has to do with like um um adoption and surrogacy and so it was just they it was they it was just well done. Well done. in a um multicultural cast. Yeah, so I give it a ten. Yeah. Um so this has been another robust yes. great episode of the film review. Yes. To hashtag TFR Podcast Live yes. Sundays on the Film Review Live channel on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe now. Click the bell so you will have notifications when we come on. This is a special four-hour event where we went in-depth about cuties. And we still talk. And we like to thank the people who called up. Mr. Research and Sapphire. And Sapphire who called up, who had a discussion. And we even like who we like to call Mikey. Who called up who really wanted to argue about pedophilia, but we weren't arguing. Yeah. And so we we can't take me off the square. It was like kind of going in circles. All I want is context. All I want is context before we move forward so people know the rules of engagement of the game. Right. So people, you have watched this. Go back and watch it again. It's information packed. We review quite a few films. Cuties, a no. So people, listen. You've been watching TFR Podcast Live. That's hashtag TFR Podcast Live. We are your husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. How music and movies reflect the culture and politics in the society on hashtag TFR Podcast Live. We will see you next week on the film review i love this show the film review movies music culture politics society podcast interviews movie reviews and more live sundays at 5 30 p.m on the film review live channel subscribe hi this is bernadette stannis delma from good times and you're watching the film review Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.